currently on the phone with Mark. He's another one of the musicians that reached out about the interview series. So I'm going to go ahead and give him the opportunity to introduce himself. Hey, what's up? Uh, my name is Mark Brown. I'm a uh, Hammond B3 player and keyboard player. Um, originally from upstate New York, moved to Philly, worked on the Philadelphia music scene uh, for a long time, for 15, 20 years, touring and, and doing some session work. And I just recently moved to uh, Los Angeles uh, during the pandemic, actually. Um, <clears throat> and uh, prior to the pandemic, I had been doing some session work out here. Um, and when the pandemic hit, I lost a lot of work, as we all did. And I made a decision to kind of change things up, mix things up a bit. And I hit hit the road and headed out to L.A. And right now I'm working out here as a session player. And uh, I uh, the band that I had on the East Coast, I've started up again on the West Coast. And we're starting to tour a little bit. And um, I'm also for hire guy. I do a lot of, a lot of Hammond B3, a lot of organ stuff. Um, funk, blues, jazz, country, rock, whatever. I'm in a, I'm in a psychedelic punk rock band too. So whatever, you know, I'm done. I do pretty much do it all, you know? Awesome. So, uh, a little off topic, how was the process of trying to move during the pandemic, especially like cross country like that? Uh, it was a little crazy. Um, especially since I had, I basically had my entire life. I have a little five by eight, uh, enclosed trailer that, uh, my band would use to tour with. Mm-hmm. And uh, I basically just loaded it up with everything that I own, <laughs> and uh, which mostly consisted of my music gear, um, and just hit the road. Uh, I, so um, initially, what happened? So what happened was pandemic happened and lost all my work, and then I got I got divorced during the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, and so I was living with my brother in Alabama, who he's also a musician. He's a new he was a New Orleans musician, and when the pandemic hit his wife wanted to leave the city. So they moved, uh, five hours East to, uh, New Orleans Mm -hmm. or I'm sorry, to Alabama. And so I was living with him for a little bit and just kind of doing, finding whatever work I could find. And finally I made the decision. Well, I think I've, you know, I've always wanted to live on the West coast. And so I'm going to do it, packed up my trailer and moved out West. And it was very strange at first, you know, just like, doing all this during a pandemic and and you know like when i got to la the city was still pretty much shut down mm-hmm. um there was nothing happening there was a few like things were things they tried to open up but then they were closing back down because they had a spike in numbers and so it was when i got here like nothing was happening so it was very strange sure yeah that <laughs> and, is, that's a know, very bizarre time to try to make something like that happen but good on you for actually you know pulling it off and making it happen yeah, well, I, I, I felt like it was something that I needed to do, you know, and, and you know, I was I joked like I'm the only idiot moving to L.A. Everyone's leaving L.A., you know, <laughs> but but uh, but, you know, it, it, it worked out. I got here and, I, you know, and, and as I you know was here a few months, things began to open up and I've mm-hmm. started playing with people and I've been to some jam, you know, I go to jam sessions regularly and I've met a lot of players and mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's going, you know, it, it's great. I'm glad I, I, it was tough at first, but I'm glad I made the move. Sure. And, you know, there's definitely that, you know, kind of odd polarity to life where like most of the good things that, that have happened to me in my life has been, have been because I just took the random chance. I could either be pass or fail. It could be miserable or it could lead to the best thing ever. And it's just always worked out for me whenever I took chances. It was only when I like meticulously planned that like things fell apart and it just has been that way. Yeah. It, I, I kind of like being messy sometimes. It can be stressful, you mm-hmm. know, but like it's, 
sometimes you just take you just take chances you know like like if you you know i i, I work very hard and i practice and i write a lot and i um, i'm always trying to network and but i didn't know you know i didn't really have i don't i have a couple of friends out here um but i really was kind of starting over again you know so it was just it was a chance but it was a chance that i'm i'm i just i'm a risk taker you know sure all <laughs> so right so it, it was uh, worth it on that note, we'll, uh, you know, kind of backtrack a little. Um, okay. <laughs> so, uh, you know, tell me about how you first identified with music. You know, were you a kid and just heard it and you wanted to do it? Or, you know, what was the process of you beginning to relate to music? Well, I uh, I grew up, neither of, my, neither of my parents were really musicians. They, I mean, they played instruments in school and stuff, but I, they loved music. I grew up around music. Music was everywhere. Um you know, my parents listened to a lot of music. My my great grandfather was a jazz pianist in Harlem in the twenties, and I and my my learned a lot about him. And I have like all of his all of his music, and he composed. And so I kind of like I was just surrounded by stories about him, and and like you know, like my parents were always listening to classic rock and and the blues growing up. So I really kind of gravitated towards the Almond Brothers and Eric Clapton, and and you know that that scene and bb king and, and mm-hmm. stuff so it was just always on you know music was always playing in my house and my dad would sing with me and you know i had i remember <laughs> the funny story i remember i used to do you remember chuck e cheese yes remember the, yep. uh, okay so they used to have like the animatronic band you know mm-hmm. um and i used to go to chuck e cheese when i was a kid and they had this band called the beagles and it was like the beatles but they were dogs you know mm-hmm. and but they would just they would just move and sing to actual Beatles songs from like Abbey Road and Sgt. Peppers and stuff, and I like loved it so much. I made my dad make me like cardboard animals so I could have a band, <laughs> you know, <laughs> nice. like. And I was just yeah, I was just surrounded by just music was everywhere, you know. I just and and so I, I ended up uh, in high school. I started a band, and then I eventually ended up going to college for music too. Awesome. So you would kind of encapsulate that to say you grew up around it and it just kind of stuck with you. And then at some point you decided that's what you wanted to do with your life. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I remember, I remember early on, I wanted to be like, like a pilot. And then I realized I hate flying. So then I was over (laughs) that. So, and then like around that time, I was like, I think I wanted to, I really want to do this professionally. Like I was, I was making money playing gigs when I was in high school, you know, like, so I was like ready to like, take the next step you know okay and that was going to be my next question because you mentioned that you were around music but you didn't uh you know specify that you started learning an instrument mm. yeah so my parents uh got my brother and i both got uh music lessons when we were young he got he took drum lessons i took piano lessons mm-hmm. and i studied piano from the time i was five you know to now i mean i still i still study with people and stuff but like i started taking when i was five and i studied classical music all throughout high school and and in college as well yep okay and then um you said that you were playing gigs while you're in high school was that solo or were you in a band how how were you performing uh mostly in a band i started like a like like we you know we all have like our garage band you know i started started a garage band and uh we played like par- parties and 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 at, growing up in upstate New York in the eighties and nineties, uh, they didn't really card you a lot. So mm-hmm. we played in bars when I was like fifteen. No nice. one cared, you know. So so like yes, and, and they were you know they would pay us, 
you know, play to play these restaurants and bars as a band primarily. Yeah. Awesome. And then, so when you did go to college, did you go for a major in music theory or classical music or your instrument at large? What were, what was you looking for at uh, college or university? Well, I, I wanted to, I, well, I, I wanted to do, I didn't want to just do straight performance or education. So I went for uh, music technology, actually, mm-hmm. um, re- recording. Um, and I really just wanted to play, but that was the only, that was the best way for me to get into a school was to like, and be in a studio all the time, which is I love to do. So I studied audio engineering essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, but, but the funny thing is, you know, I, of all the kids in my class in college, I spent more time playing gigs than in the studio, than like working on projects for school. <laughs> <laughs> sure. You know, so would you say that, uh, you know, going into the music technology aspect uh, kind of played a significant role in determining to be like a session musician. Yeah, I think so, actually, because I did spend a lot of time in, stu- in the studio and I learned, um, you know, I learned my way around like Pro Tools and other and, and I, you know, this is in the early ni- or late 90s. So we still had an t- uh, analog tape machine in, in my school. So I learned on two inch tape, too. And I thought that was the coolest thing. And I wanted to just be around that stuff at all times. You know what I mean? Sure. I love creating in the studio, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so once you did get out of college, uh, you know, you kind of uh, had that tone, you wanted to be a session musician. And then also you had your own projects going on. How did you kind of, uh, you know, take your foot first step into like that realm? Did you uh, start booking uh, like recording sessions with bands like or did you work exclusively with a studio? Uh, give me a bit of explanation there. So a- actually out of college, I really didn't do a ton of session work until later. Um, I wanted to, but I ended up just being a touring musician. Um, my first well, my first gig out of college, I worked at a theater in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, doing like a Broadway review mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I was in the house band for that. And that was a great gig because it paid really well. And it was not a lot of work. Once you learn the show, you, you kind of go on autopilot, you know, and, but I just, you couldn't be creative. There was no creativity. It was, it was boring to me, mm-hmm. excuse me. And so I, uh, I, after that, I joined, uh, I joined a, a band from Baltimore called the bridge who were like a jam band on like the jam band scene playing like all we played like Bonnaroo and all the big festivals in the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, uh, and that I did that for six years. And then from there I started doing session, like we recorded in the studio with, you know, and then I started like getting into session work, uh, from there. And then after that, I, I started my own band when the bridge broke up, I started my own band called Hambone relay, which is like a funk organ trio. Mm-hmm. And then I began, on the side so that band would tour but then on the side i created i started like a remote recording business of my own where i would do session work for people in my own studio and then like you know i could send them files via the internet and mm. we i could i you know i played on tracks for people in russia and, and stuff you know what i mean sure absolutely so, so i i kind of to answer your question i like toured a lot and then kind of melded it into the session work from there you know right right um so along those lines um you mentioned that you do uh, have your own studio or your own ability to record. Uh, these days, independent studios are relatively cheap or home studios. Um, so 
contributing to other people's projects all over the world. Um, how did you kind of uh, get your name out there to show that you were you know, interested in doing this and that you were available for those types of projects? Uh, I started, it started word of mouth, you know, and I had a, I had a nice studio in New Jersey outside of Philly where I, before I got divorced. And then when I got divorced, I it became like a more, more smaller, like project studio. And I started doing, selling my, my work on Fiverr, that website Fiverr, mm-hmm. um, where it started with like $5 for a gig. And now, I, now, you know, now I can charge a few hundred dollars for a gig, but it's the same thing. People find me on the Fiverr portal. And then from there I do a project, but then that led through, you know, like word of mouth and then my own private business grew so that I can get clients now without going through Fiverr. So, so it started on Fiverr and then it grew, it grew from there. Excellent. And then, so just to touch base again, uh, in addition to that, you are also producing your own original music as well. Yes. Yeah. And, and I'm still, even though like I'm right now primarily a session player just because there are no gigs, I'm primarily, I mean, I, I want to be a touring musician. That's, that's what I have done mostly for the last 20 years. And I want to get back into that. Um, but I, yeah, so my band, I, I write all the music for my band. I record it all. We actually just cut a record during the pandemic completely remotely because the drummers in Philly, mm-hmm. guitar players in Jersey, and I'm in LA. <laughs> so, you know, we, we, you know, we just kind of, we, and then I, it all comes to me in my pro tool studio and then I mixed it and then we had someone else master it, but. Sure. Awesome. Um, so with those being your current projects, uh, where would you like to see your career progress to in, in five or 10 years? I, well, I think, I, I think there's two, I have two goals really. And they, they're, they're primarily in performing live um one goal is i'd like to grow my band um to the point where we're touring so right before the pandemic we were we were playing about 100 shows a year we were we were very busy and i Mm -hmm. want to get to that point again and we were and we were making money too you know we were we weren't rich but we were like paying our bills and like we had a band fund and we were able to like do six day seven day ten day runs Mm -hmm. and afford that um so i want to get back to that point with my band that's one goal Mm-hmm. Um, and the other goal is I'd like to be a, uh, you know, a, a call for other musicians, other bigger musicians when they go on tour, I'd like to, I'd like to be like a, a first or second call to tour with somebody else. You know what I mean? Sure. If they, need, if they need a keyboard player. Awesome. So, um, you know, what are your, some of, uh, or what are some of your favorite and most prominent memories about, uh, participating in music, whether it be, you know, going to a show or a recording session that ran really well or bad. Uh, just something that was, you know, <laughs> really prominent that stands out to you. Oh man. Um, well, I think when I, that band, I have a lot, of, I learned a lot from the, those guys in the bridge from Baltimore cause they were older than me. I was young when I joined that band I was like kind of just coming up and learning about it. I learned a lot from them and I, you know, a lot of the memories I have are with them. Um, I remember my first festival ever. I'd never played a hippie festival before and I was on, on tour with them. It was all, all good music festival. And we're playing, we're jamming, we're playing like a late night set. And all of a sudden, like the crowd just starts going crazy. And I'm like, what's what? I don't even, do they even know who we are? This is, you know, like, and I look around and, and Mike Gordon from fish, has walked on stage and he starts, he starts playing with us. 
Oh, cool. And, and it was like, what, <laughs> you know, and that, that it was like crazy. And, and, you know, at music festivals, a lot of times people sit in with everybody. And I guess, I guess our guitar player had talked to him backstage and he was like, sure, I'll sit with you. And none of us knew it. It was going to happen. It just happened. Um, and so that was, that was crazy and, and surreal. And then I kind of realized like, wow, this is like, this is awesome. <laughs> you know, I mean, you mean you want to pay me to do this? All right. I'm in, you know, right for sure. Um, uh, and, you know, and I think also just another memory is, or is, uh, being on the road with my band, just like, it's, it's not, it's not like one specific memory, just like in general, like being on the road, there's just something about like, there's like this camaraderie you learn about each other. You know, my band's only a trio and we would do like you know, six, seven hour drives and play an hour set, you know? Mm-hmm. And but it just was like, you learned so much about each other. And, and like, we would like stop at a gas station and play football in the parking lot. And like, it just was like this brotherhood, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and you get so tight musically too, that like you, you, you like, you just know you can read each other, you know, when like we're, we're, we're jamming, I know when the drummer is going to turn the page and I'm going to follow him or he's going to follow me. And we just know we don't have to look at each other anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's like such a, such a great feeling that you can only get from playing a lot of shows and sitting in a van for 10 hours with two other dudes, <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know? Awesome. So, uh, what, what are some links where people can check out your stuff and, you know, click on you and, uh, you know, take a listen to what you're doing. Uh, sure. So my band is called Hambone relay and the band started on the East coast. We're now on the West coast. Um, and I have two West, two guys out here that are playing with us now. Um, and it's a funk organ trio and uh, we're starting to get bit, get gigs out here in LA and uh, you can check us out on uh, at hambonerelay.com. Um, we're also on Spotify and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all the socials. Um, so, and then you can also, I have a personal website for my session work and stuff. It's just markbrownmusic.com. Awesome. And so I always like to give the person I'm interviewing the opportunity to put out their last word. So just a message that you feel you resonate that uh, you want to put out there. Yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you, uh, just don't, just don't give up. Like keep trying. If you believe in something, just keep doing it because you know, I, this pandemic really hit me hard. I went through this period of time where I wasn't playing any music. I was kind of depressed as I'm sure a lot of us went through that. Um, and I, made it made a decision recently actually because it's been it's been tough you know moving getting divorced and everything but i made a decision that i'm not going to give up man and you keep trying and you keep working at it and if you work hard man good things will happen you, you got to just keep plugging away you know 